Welcome back to the One I Heard This Podcast. My name is Nate Robinsoff, and I'm here with Joseph Tillman. How are you, Joseph? Man, if I was doing any better, I don't even know what I'd say. That's great. Uh... This is part two of the Why the Church Need My Money episode, and we will be getting started with that right now. Churches spend money on stuff that isn't important. Okay. Okay. R- right. Where mm-hmm. we've established that. Sure. So I guess what what do you say about churches and and putting money towards stuff that you see is not important? Like, hey, we need this new cross in the lobby. Because it's bigger than the last one, and Jesus is shinier on it. Right. Like, like that. Why are we? Why is that happening? How come I came into church one week and then I saw that that oh that's where the ten bucks I gave you last week went? Right. Obviously, like is that right. helping keep people out of hell? Right. Like, <laughs> right. Because it's bigger. Right. No, I mean, I, I, I can't defend that. I mean, in that sense, and I can't make defense for the extravagance of ways that we use money sometimes um, in the church. And, you know, I mean, I, I do think that churches should be called to be the best stewards of finances they can be. And so it should always be with the kind of priority being, all right, we're okay. We need to keep the lights on. Okay. We need to pay our bills. All right, cool. All right. Now can we care for the church family can we care for the community? Can we, you know, help provide a a livable wage, you know, for the pastor? Those should be the priorities, mm-hmm. right? And then everything else should be following after those things. I do believe that it can be a trap of, well, we have got this extra money, so let's go spend it extravagantly on new on a new lighting system, right? Mm-hmm. When the reality is the old one was fine, mm-hmm. you didn't need it. You just had extra money and wanted to do something. Mm-hmm. Or the old lighting system had been there for several years, and you just felt like it was time to update it mm-hmm. to get the newer, better lights. I just don't think that's worth it. And lasers. And lasers. And so I, I think that what instead we should go, okay, we have extra money. Who can we give it to? Who needs it? Okay. And like, okay, so we just had recently at the church had a um, – back to school year kind of bash, you know, for the kids. And so we had a water slide and like a little, the the, the inflatable Mm. water slide and bounce house. And you can look at that and go, was that necessary? Right. Right. And no, it wasn't necessary. Mm. Okay. We we did that one time for the kids and and I'm not going to apologize about doing that. Mm -hmm. So we were able to do that. As long as we're able to, as long as that's like a the small exception, right? Mm-hmm. And you're able to do the these other things that are the priorities. Mm-hmm. If the if if we have to, if we have to stop giving to missions, if we have to stop giving to the, our community so that we can build bigger and nicer things in our own church, something is wrong, mm-hmm. and we need to examine what's going on. Or jets, or jets. Good Lord, we don't need jets. <laughs> I see you rubbing your eyes. <laughs> Just the thought of it give me a headache. Um, who is deciding what is what money is getting spent on in the church? Yeah. Like, is there a treasurer or an accountant or who? Like, who, what's going on? 
that really that's a good question. That really differs from church to church. Okay. Because in some churches the pastor's running everything. Okay. All right. And even making those kind of financial decisions. And generally speaking, generally speaking, that's that's trouble. Okay. Why? Because you don't want the pastor making all the financial decisions by himself. You want okay. there to be some sense of accountability. Okay. And so I and so I'm never in love with it when the pastor is single-handedly making like all of the decisions mm-hmm. that include finances and you know property and personnel too. Like mm-hmm. in other words, he's functioning as a one-man board. Mm-hmm. That's a little horrifying. Um, in some churches, you have a, a board that's making these decisions. Other churches, you have committees. And the different ministry areas of the church kind of divided up. Mm. And but then you have like a singular like finance committee who's making approvals on different requests. Some churches have deacons that handle the finances. And so in terms of the decision making, that really varies from church to church and denomination to denomination. Yeah, so you'll see a lot of different methods, if you were, on how to make decisions with finances. Yeah. Okay. And then the other thing was... Right. So you mentioned transparency, like mm-hmm. the church should be transparent about finances. Okay. Mm-hmm. How how transparent? What do you mean? Yeah. So like, I, how, what should I know <laughs> Right. about my church? Yeah. I think there should be no secrets on how much money is coming in and going out. In other words, I think you should be able to ask... Anyone in the church, or not anyone, but the, the church should know this is how much came in this year, and this is how much we spent. So you should be able to ask anyone at the uh, church. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, in that sense, yeah. Um, I think the, what the pastor makes is fair game. Okay. I mean, uh, I mean, and I'm saying that as a pastor. Mm-hmm. I think we have to live in a glass house. So how much do you make? 70000 a year. Okay. And so I think that you should be able to ask that question. Okay. And and that's a fair question to ask. Okay. And so um, when I was a youth pastor, I made $667 a month. Wow. Yeah. It, when? That was in 2000 and I guess from 2002 to 2004. To so that was still not good then. It was 8000 so a year. So you had a, a, you had a second job. I was or well, a third I was, job. I was I was going to school. Okay. <laughs> and I honestly don't know how I made it. <laughs> so, you know, um I think my parents were helping me some and you know, I mean mm-hmm. it was just yeah, I mean I was making eight thousand a year. When I started pastoring, uh at twenty uh in oh five mm-hmm. when I started pastoring, I was making I think uh like twenty thousand, maybe twenty four thousand okay. a year. And, you know, and mm-hmm. so that's just, that was what I was making okay. as a 25-year-old pastor, you know, straight out of theology school. 25-year-old pastor? Yeah. that's hey, People listen to you back then? <laughs> I don't have any idea why. I but... wouldn't listen to me back then. <laughs> I I don't even want to listen to my sermons from myself At back 26, then. I wouldn't have listened to 25-year-old me. <laughs> That's completely fair. It's completely fair. Um, yeah, it still blows my mind to this day yeah. that people entrusted their lives to me. So, but yeah, and then, you know, and you just kind of, you know, for me, I've just gradually grown, you know, um, in, in what I make. But, yeah, so there should be no secrets. I think the amount that goes to building up keep and to missions and to benevolence should be known. In other words, you may not know every 
specific single item, right? Mm -hmm. But that you should know, hey, there is a percentage that is going out. Mm -hmm. And this is how much we're spending percentage-wise on the building, on missions, on benevolence, what other, you know, children's ministry, whatever Mm -hmm. else is there. What, what what, What falls under benevolence? Yeah, so when individuals need help. Okay. So they need help paying for a light bill, a mortgage, a rent payment. Mm-hmm. Um, they need help fixing their car, okay. those types of things. And so now I, <laughs> I, I do not believe that individual records of giving should be seen. In other words, like you shouldn't know what you okay. know, Charlie down the pew from you right. is giving, right? I don't, as a pastor, I don't even want to know who's giving what. Okay. I don't even want to know that because, because you don't want to treat anybody differently consciously or something. Correct. Okay. Yeah. I want to be able to say, I don't know who gives what mm-hmm. and therefore that I can treat people just as who they are mm-hmm. and not based on what they give. And so, um, and I do not believe, for example, that if Bobby needed help making a car payment that month, that that should be public knowledge. You know, in other words, okay. someone should be able to come to the church and say, hey, I need help covering this. And the church leadership should be able to approve that, help them mm-hmm. without that becoming public knowledge that, oh, hey, we had to pay, you know, Susie's rent this month because she couldn't afford it. Okay, I just think that there's a sense that the church leadership has to be trusted in using the money wisely. Okay. And I believe that transparency helps with that trust. Okay. And I believe where there's not transparency, there's a lack of trust. Mm-hmm. You know, because then you're just left guessing okay. of wh- what money is going where. Right. You know, and I think that's that's not good. So I uh, follow up question to what you just said. I guess. Sure. Um, is there like this person's asked for too much benevolent money, and we're not giving that to them anymore like where does is there limits on the benevolence money or how does that work church politics wise or whatever yeah some churches will have like um pretty clear guidelines Mm -hmm. on how they handle those things others will handle it from a a case-by-case basis Mm -hmm. and so i really think it depends on the situation of the individual right so let's say the individual has worked steadily, you know, and all of a sudden after years of being in a job, they're let go. All of a sudden now they in a few months have still not found a job and they're having trouble keeping up with their bills. And they come to the church and they say, would it be possible for you to help us with this? Right. Mm -hmm. Glad to help. If we have, if we have the funds, Mm -hmm. glad to help and help for a while. But if, if that individual eventually just like, you know what? I'm good. I'm not going to look for a job. Right. Okay. Well, there's actually a verse of scripture that says that if you do not work, you do not eat. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that if an individual is in good faith, mm-hmm. trying to find a job, trying to you know provide for their family, we need to help. And I think there's a distinction between that and then someone that's just being lazy and doesn't want to you know, pursue getting a job. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And and I think we have to take those by you know case by case basis. So I don't have like hard fast guidelines on that. Okay. I hope that answers your question. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So like, what are you? What do you see as the the wrong ways that churches use money? Like, what's the most common? I guess, or what do I? What do I look for when I'm, you know, like, is it obvious when I go into somewhere that they're using my, that they're using everybody's money wrong or, yeah. or what? So what? I think if you walk into this building, right, and it's yeah. just extravagant, right? You know, and it's, you know, the, the, from the structure to the, um, furniture to the items within the church, you know, that, or you're looking up on the stage and they're starting a new sermon series and they've dropped in their 10K for this, you know, stage set for that sermon series. Okay. It's going to last four weeks. And then in another four weeks, they're going to drop another 10K for another, you know, stage set. I'm just like, come on. Like, so you've seen that? You've seen that before? Oh, I've seen that before. Okay. And I'm like, come on. See, that stuff I, I haven't even noticed before. Yeah. I guess because I didn't go somewhere long enough. For- <laughs> right. Well, and so not every church has that philosophy, right? But yeah, I mean, I've been places where there's changing. I mean, their set cost is ridiculous. Huh. Um, because, I never thought about it. Because they're changing it based on the sermon series or the sermon for that day or whatever it may be. And um <laughs> so that's just a waste. Then I think the argument would be, well, but it helps individuals memorize or remember the sermon. So what if the sermon series was on like sexual promiscuity? How would they dress the setup? I'm not going to touch that one, okay. Nate. All right. <laughs> so I just think that there's just this, you know, but you can, I mean, what I'm saying is you can just look around, mm-hmm. you know, like when you're um, in a, if you're, if, if you go to the pastor's office and you're looking and going, holy cow, mm. that desk alone cost $20,000 or whatever. I mean, if they even let you see the pastor's office. Well, that's true. And so, but I think that you know, those are the things. It's like, I think you just look around and see. Mm-hmm. You can notice. Um, and and I'm not saying it's always just that blatantly obvious, but I do think those are the things you can you can look around and, and see. So... The prosperity pastors that you mentioned before, before, right. um, what? How do they? How do they get to that point? I listened to one. We actually went to church at this place. Okay, it was a pastor who went a went a whole sermon and was and was basically saying, "Yeah, ten percent, but you want to get to twenty, and then you want to get to thirty, and then you eventually want to get to the point where it's ninety ten, and you're giving." 90% of your money to the to the church and 10% to and you're you're keeping 10% and that's it. And I was sitting there like I know you're not doing that. Okay. Because yeah. duh. And right. and you're telling everybody that we should get to that point and you're you're grouping yourself with everyone conveniently, you know. Right. Sure. So what leads pastors to get to that point where I can so clearly see what you're doing when right. you're just trying to get people to give money, but you don't see that, like, you think that we're that dumb? How, yeah. do, how do they even get there? That doesn't make any sense to me. Sure. Well, I think people fall into the traps 
of money all the time, right? Okay. I mean, the same way with sex or with power, you just you you just you, you just like you just give yourself over to it. You just fall into the into the temptation of it, right? And so I think, unfortunately, this is probably most often the case when pastors and leaders have no oversight or are not held accountable. Mm-hmm. And so, in other words, they're allowed basically to function as kind of like lone rangers a little bit. Like there's, you know, like almost like, like they're the CEO, they're the king, they're the czar, they're the, you know, no one can question the pastor. Right. The pastor just is allowed to do what he wants to do or she wants to do. And I think that that's where the lack of oversight, the lack of transparency, the lack of accountability comes into play. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you, have a pastor who's not being held accountable to anyone, you're, I mean, you're going to have trouble on some level. And so, or when you have a pastor and all they've done is surrounded themselves with yes men, mm-hmm. you know, just people that are going to agree with them. No one's going to kick back against them. No one's going to challenge them. Um, you're going to have trouble. And I think a lot of pastors don't start off that way. I don't think a lot of them start off going, okay, I'm going into this for the money. Mm-hmm. Now, do some do that? Absolutely. And that's not unique, by the way, to the United States. That happens all over the world, where individuals start churches because of hoping to gain money. Okay, so... It's a hard way to get money. I feel like there's easier ways to get money. <laughs> As a pastor, I have no idea okay. <laughs> why someone would want to do that. I just, I'm clueless, right? But I think also what happens is, so let's say you've got a pastor and he doesn't start out that way, okay? Mm. And in this individual, this pastor has made really significant impact on people's lives. Mm. Those people become loyal to that pastor, to that person. Because he was a vitally important person or Mm -hmm. held a vitally important role in a season of their life. And so now you've got people who almost have like a blind loyalty to this pastor. Mm -hmm. And they just continue to follow the pastor, not realizing like how far away the pastor is getting from Scripture. How far away the pastor is getting from where he once was rooted and grounded you know and so this is how cults get started this is how cults get started right yeah i mean it's, i mean and it's the same kind of thing right you're building a following right and and so and i think to me the it's it's worse when pastors are using scripture out of context to quote unquote kind of prove their point mm-hmm. of why you should give more right like they'll they read from Malachi and they just invoke this hyper emotion into the passage. And the next thing you know, they're like, so test God in this and see, test God in this and see. And, oh, they're, like, and yeah, and people are, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to give a thousand dollars right now. And, and, you know, and the pastor's like, yeah, test God in this and see, see if he won't give you, you know, tenfold back, you know? And I think what happens to so now they're taking scripture, they're they're taking it out of context. And that's I mean, I and again that just kind of gets me just going crazy too. But I think that's where people can blindly follow too, because they feel like their pastor is using scripture. So if he's using scripture, he must be correct. 
Mm-hmm. When the reality is the pastor is using scripture, but he's using it completely out of context. And so I believe that you know we have to be mindful of of pastors and and, and as a uh, that can can get so far off and then as a pastor myself I have to be mindful that I'm not above this. Like I might think that I am, like the dude that is asking for the private jet mm-hmm. may you know he may drive me crazy but I have to be mindful that maybe I'm not wanting or expecting or asking for something as big as a private jet but am I falling into the trappings? Right. Of money, and okay. I think that's where accountability, and I think that's where functioning as a team and not just as an individual helps. Okay. Expand on that, I guess. How, like, when you're when you're doing your, hey, let's take some tithes and offerings at your church, mm-hmm. and when you're doing church dealings with the people that you have to do church dealings with who are involved in the church that you are the pastor of. Sure. How do you not come across this way? Like, is there, do you, are there times where you have like slipped into it when that wasn't your intention and Mm -hmm. had to circle back? Or are there times that you have caught yourself doing this before or like what, what? Yeah. Sure. You know, to be honest with you, I find myself going so far the other way. Um, I'm you know, here's what I'm saying. I, I'm so put off mm-hmm. by the prosperity gospel that I tend to not want to talk about money at all. Okay. And I don't think that's healthy either. Okay. Because then I'm not allowing people to see the biblical context of financial stewardship. Like mm-hmm. There's some really solid biblical teaching on financial stewardship, on giving, on why giving is important. That giving is important not to just try to prove something or earn something or obey something, but we give, as I mentioned earlier, because we want our hearts to not to not be so entrapped by finances mm-hmm. and we give because we want to, you know, one of the things that I would want to make sure that we were real clear on is that because all that we have is God's, then we can freely give because all that we have is the Lord's. In other words, everything that I have, he's given me. Mm-hmm. Everything that I have, he's blessed me with. And so it's, you know, it's like, I, I just want to make sure that we are being mindful that what we've been given is from the Lord and therefore we can give because it actually frees our hearts to give. And so I find myself kind of going to the other side of just not teaching it enough. And that's my own, that's my own flaw in that. And so I think one of the things that on the side you're talking about is, you know, have I found myself kind of coercing or whatever? I, I, to be honest with you, no, that's not, I'm not bragging on myself. I'm just saying, I, again, I tend to go to the other side, which mm-hmm. is not healthy either. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just not of, of under, undervaluing the biblical teachings of finance and kingdom stewardship and giving. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do pastors and people that work in church pay tithe to the church? 
that they are part of, or mm-hmm. do they pay tithes somewhere else, or how does that? How does all that work? Yeah, that's a good. That's a good question. Okay, and to be honest with you, I, I've heard different perspectives on this from pastors. Okay, I know some pastors give to their church. I know some pastors don't tithe at all. Um, and really, yeah, I mean, and and I, <laughs> yeah, and I know some, I, and I know some that you know give to. They may split their tithes between their local church and other ministries, you know. Um, so I, I've heard it a lot of different ways. I want to be a generous giver. This, that's really become like my phrase, is okay. a generous giver. Because to, that's the phrase in the New Testament. That's what I see in the New Testament. Okay. In the New Testament, I see generous giving. So I want to be a generous giver. And I also want to set an example for my children on how to be givers. Okay. Right. So as they're growing up and getting older and starting to have money, how are they going to deal with money? How are they going to handle money? And I want them to be givers. I want to set an example for the church that I lead on how to be generous givers. If I'm not a generous giver, how can I ask the church to be a generous giver? Okay. As a leader in the church family, mm-hmm. that. I need to give here to the local church. And so, because I feel like that's the example I have to set for our church family. To your church. To our church. You give Mm -hmm. to your, okay. Giving to, yeah, to to my local church. So I feel like that's the example that I need to set for our church family. Okay. And is that I will be a generous giver to our church. Okay. Okay. And I'm not saying that you can't give generously to other entities as well. Absolutely, you can. I'm not mm-hmm. saying everything has to go to our church, okay? And so we support missionaries. We, I mean, I say we, my family. My family supports missionaries in our countries. We, you know, sponsor children in other countries. So we are we we are giving outside of the local church context. So, so, so what you're saying is you've you've decided to freely give in as many different ways that you see possible to. Yeah, that that or the in that you financially can give to sure. to make enough of an impact. Sure. Okay. And and what we we have done this is because to you know using though the 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 new covenant does not command a tithe. Mm-hmm. Okay. It doesn't command a tithe. I can be honest enough to say that there is the Old Testament principle, the old, you know, throughout the whole Old Testament, not just the Mosaic mm-hmm. law. The whole Old Testament holds this sense of ten percent and first fruits. Mm-hmm. Is a first fruits is a phrase that's used often. Give from the first fruits. So, like first paycheck of the month, all of that money should go to. No, I'm not saying necessarily all of that. Not money. all of that, but yeah. Like so, if I get a my I, freely given portion of that <laughs> paycheck should go to the church. Yeah, yeah. So, like what okay. we've what we've done is we're you know roughly like at ten percent. Mm-hmm. Of what I'm receiving, mm. and it's going to the local church. To your local church. Uh, to my local church. Okay. And then we're also giving to sponsor kids and to sponsor missionaries, mm-hmm. those types of things. And on top of that. Mm-hmm. And and so for me, I feel like I need to set an example for both the church family and my own personal family. So as my kids are growing up, I want them to see their mom and dad giving. Okay. And not always giving out of abundance, but giving from just what we have. Mm-hmm. And so 
that sometimes means that it's really tight for a while, mm -hmm. but that's okay because it, it really is, you know, this is going to sound so cliche, but it really is better to give than to receive. Okay. And that there is that something. Cliche. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That was terrible. You can just, whatever. And <laughs> so, but I really do believe there's a sense of, I want to give not just because I feel like I have to, mm -hmm. and not just because I feel like I have to set an example, but because I want to set an example. I want to say, let's, this is fun to give. This is joyful to give. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I'm talking about joyful giving and cheerful giving, willful giving, but I also know there's times where the Lord is asking us to sacrificially give where it does hurt, you know, where it does mean we are not going to have some of the things we wanted right now so that we can give because there's just, there's someone else that has need that's greater than my want. So is it freely give for things that you, I should freely give my money up until the things that I need for myself. Like, should I be giving money that I actually need? I see what you're saying. Or should I only give money that I want because it's mine? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think we should just simply give. And I don't know if I want to put these great parameters on that. Okay. And so, in other words... When you're saying need, mm -hmm. right? It, it, it depends on how we're going to define need and what's a need, right? And right. so if need is food, go get food. Mm -hmm. You need If you need food, go get food. Um, if your need is we need to pay the house note or the utilities, mm -hmm. pay those things, Okay. And so I'm not, I would never ask anyone to like go in debt <laughs> to give. Right. I would okay. never ask for someone to just simply be without. But I also know that there is the principle that's true that the Lord promises that if we do seek him first and his righteousness, he will give us what we need. And not necessarily what we want, but what we need. And so I'm trusting that in, in seasons of giving, that our that our needs will be provided for and cared for. And I think it requires responsible stewardship on our end. And I think it requires, you know, the uh, a faith mm -hmm. in the Lord to, to uphold his own word for us. I think that's what been that's probably been one of the things that that I have thought about the most. Like I can't balance sheet any of this out. <laughs> because I'm yeah. supposed to get stuff in return, but there's no telling how or why or right or it. Yeah, so that's been the hardest the hardest part for me because it's like you can't just there is no there is no spend X money get get Y money in return Correct. because of the investment. It's it's all arbitrary and up to the Lord, which I who you know whomst I love. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and anyone that tells you differently is lying to you. Right. Right? If anyone says, no, if you give a 1000 I promise you, he'll give you 10000 back. Okay. No. There's, there's no, that's not biblical. So, but I do believe that, like, that passage we read in Second Corinthians chapter 9, mm -hmm. you know, it, there there is one who gives us the seed to sow. There is one that gives us the bread that we have, mm -hmm. you know, and... 
the bread just meaning our provision. Okay. Um, there is one that puts those things in our hands. And so uh, I do have to trust the Lord with that. Mm. And so, you know, I know that for some people, this topic just flies all over them. And it can be um, really tough. So even when I entrust the church with money, right, because of right. what they've seen. And I, and I get that. But I would also appeal to them to say, but, but be givers, be generous givers. And find and find a place, a, tr- a church you can trust that's transparent, that's upfront, you know, um, and 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 be givers, um, not just for the sake of giving, but for your own heart's sake, for your for the sake of not allowing it to. Because I think sometimes our fear of being without can grip our own heart, mm-hmm. and so to be able to give and to trust is is a powerful statement of Lord, I trust you to meet my needs. Um, I trust you to provide what I need. And so even but, though I'm giving you what I want. Yeah. 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 Which is yours. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. Right. And and I know for some people they're not gonna let this podcast because I just didn't say give ten percent. Do it. <laughs> right. Right. It's it's a command. Okay. That's em- like the Lord. Emperor right. Palpatine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. And so um but I, I can't I just can't be I can't yeah. be honest about that. Right, okay. And I think some pastors, if I'm being honest about this, don't want to talk about it because they're afraid their giving will go down. Oh, because they've told people to give more than 10% a bunch a lot, and they do because they think it's going to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, or they've even told people, you you better give your tithe or else the Lord will smite you. Right. Right? Well, that's just a lie. Right. And so... It doesn't work. I mean... That doesn't happen with any other thing. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And so I think... I mean, eventually it does, but... Eventually, correct. Not immediately. Yeah. and Usually. Just, you, usually. Yeah. <laughs> and I just think that that's one of the things that we just... I, I think that we as pastors cannot be afraid of telling the truth. Okay. About giving and what's here biblically. Or talking through it. You know, in, yeah. a, in a way that makes sense or whatever, right? And 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 the people have to agree, yeah. But at least let's talk through it. I mean, they don't agree on anything else, <laughs> right? Why this? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I, I think just talking through it, and I think a lot of people have struggled with this. Honestly, coming in here mm-hmm. to talk to you about this, there's a lot of there's a lot of churches around mm-hmm. where we live, at least. Sure, and that means that. A lot of people are giving a lot of money to keep the lights on and the water going and upkeep buildings in all these places. Right. And with the amount of controversy around this topic, not controversy, but just like like the afraidness to talk about these things and sure. the it's hard for me to think of of people not feeling the way I fe- felt or feel about this this topic, mm-hmm. um, and how all these people are giving all these all this money to all of these churches every week to keep them going for so long. So, how is this still happening? <laughs> like, how is this? How does this continue going despite there being all of the big uh, 
mega church mm-hmm. get a private jet people being right. the being the face of pastors right. out there for most people like how does this keep working yeah so in other words how do uh, how do or why do people keep giving why do people keep giving yeah when there's all this nonsense out there like yeah what why how <laughs> like yeah i mean i think i i think i think some have bought into the prosperity gospel okay that if i give there's something promised in return so even if their local pastor isn't preaching that mm-hmm. they've bought the they've drank the the Kool-Aid or whatever right yeah so i i think there's some that are like that okay, okay. and then i think some do it because just they know their local church is in need okay. they they know their local church needs finances for whatever it may be and so they give and and there are people who give extravagant gifts you know financial gifts to the church um some do it just because of that's just their heart before the lord that's what they want to do that and so i do think there's that part um you know and i think if <laughs> this is also just being honest like there's individuals that give large chunks of change to churches because of the tax write off there's a tax write off yeah there's a tax write off absolutely for giving money to church absolutely they still do that yep wow Thought they would have got rid of that one a long time ago. Nope. Okay. Yeah. And so for a lot of individuals, you're not itemizing your uh your giving anyway. The churches don't pay taxes either, right? Churches do not pay taxes. On anything. Mm-mm. Like you don't have to do anything. Yeah, correct. We're we're a nonprofit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're 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 a 501c3 nonprofit. Right. Okay. okay. And so but people give large chunks of money at times because of the tax write-off. And that's just a real thing. And I'm not going to sit here and, and deny that. And it's a, it's a way to give uh, for the tax write-off. So, And then there's people that do it for the right reason, I guess. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. For the reason. And I'm not saying the tax write-off is a wrong reason. It's just a reason. <laughs> right? And, and But then I think, I would hope that most people that are giving, right, are giving because they genuinely want to honor the Lord and worship the Lord through their giving. How does the government know that I actually gave this money? We actually, well, because we actually, so as, as a church, right. you're required to give a giving statement oh. to the individuals that gave. Oh, the church has to give that to me. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. And then I give that to tax preparer. Correct. Got you. Okay. Yep, yep. I didn't know that. There you go. I don't think I've ever gotten one of those before. Well, okay, so what happens when people just put cash in the thing? Yeah. Well, there's no... We don't know who gave it, so there's no there's okay. nothing to be able to give to anyone. Okay. It's just considered a cash So gift. that's a stupid way to give. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a stupid way to give. It's just, it's, it's just a way to give. It's a financially irresponsible way to give. <laughs> It's personally a financially irresponsible way to get. If you believe that <laughs> you need the itemized deductions, right. then put your name on an envelope at and least. put cash in it. Right. Okay. Nobody yeah. uses cash anymore. I don't no. even know what I was asking. <laughs> um, okay. So I give you a hundred bucks. 
Okay. The church. church. I give the church a hundred bucks. Thanks for making that clear. Yeah. <laughs> not you. Not me. Not, not the pastor. Just the church. Okay. All right. I give the church a hundred bucks. How does that money like walk me through the the life of this hundred dollar bill that ends with somebody not going to hell? Wow. Okay. So you give a hundred dollars. Yes. Okay. And I give a hundred dollars in check form so that the church knows who to send the <laughs> the tax write off information yeah. to. <laughs> okay. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Yes. Um, so <laughs> that that hundred. So for following that hundred dollars. Okay. Okay. So that hundred dollars is going into a general fund. Okay. Okay. Because it's not been earmarked for anything specific. It's just $100. Right. Just 100 bucks. It's given as going into a general fund. Mm-hmm. Within that general fund, there is hopefully a budget that the church is using to to for their finances. Mm-hmm. And they are budgeting how they're going to use what comes in. So they're, so it's clear this is how much we're going to need for utilities. This is how much we're going to need for buildings. This is how much we're going to need for salaries. This is how much we're going to give percentage-wise in benevolence, whatever it may be. And uh, so there's all so there, it's going to that general fund for there. But within that is all the ministry expressions that are happening through that church. Okay, and so there, I, I'll give you an example. So. I meet with a group of guys every week, mm-hmm. all right, and have been doing so since they were in middle school, and now they're all either seniors in high school or have graduated, okay? So I meet with a group of guys, and what, and so every week we go have breakfast together, and the church pays for our breakfast, right? So part of your $100 that you've given mm-hmm is going to help cover the cost of that breakfast for these guys. Is going to Chick-fil-A. We don't go to Chick-fil-A, so (laughs) it's going to somewhere else. And uh, I know Chick-fil-A is like God's place. That's probably where we should be going. That's where the blessing is. But anyway, it's it's not close to their home, so we go somewhere else. And so so I have been able to to pour into the life of these young guys. Mm -hmm. Okay, None of them come from church backgrounds. None of them come from great home lives. And the joy has been to see some of these guys actually come to know the Lord mm-hmm. and follow the Lord and and now make decisions in life going forward that are not only positive for them, but benef- but but is also positive for the kingdom. Okay. And so I'm using this small example to say your... gift is going to fund things like this and allow it to happen. And that it's allowing someone like me to go and mentor this group of guys every week and to do so for this year, you know, 0.5 years or so for the sake of just seeing, you know, what God can do in their lives. And not every one of them has, you know, is following Jesus like crazy. I'm not going to sit here and say that. 
But it's amazing to me. Like we have, you know, one of the guys right now, and and he's looking at, you know, what Christian school to go to for next year. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of stuff. It's like, man, that's this is. But if but if this mentorship was not happening, more than likely, that's not the road some of these guys would be on. And so for me, that's the kind of the joy of it is to see when those kind of things come in to play and or maybe we're doing uh, we do an event here in our city every every summer and the church funds the the event. okay? and it's like a community wide kind of uh, event that happens in the course of several nights with with worship and preaching, you know, just open air out in the community. And every year we have people that come to know Jesus. And every year we have people who are getting baptized there and then getting plugged into the church and starting to follow the Lord. And that happens because the church funded, you know, the church reserved the space, the church, you know, um, afforded the, the, the hamburgers, the hot dogs, whatever that's there mm-hmm. being served at the event. Um, the, the church was able to make sure there was an, you know, an adequate enough sound system for an outside venue. And, and so it's those kind of things that I think are just incredible that people's small gifts go to. And if you follow out all the ministry stuff that happens within the life of the church, it's, it's impacting kids, it's impacting parents, it's, you know, it's impacting individuals on so many different levels. And I guess that's a joy for me as a pastor when you know that the giving actually is producing fruit. And so I hope that gives some <laughs> some sense of where that $100 bill is going that you have given to the church. So I think I think this is my last question for everyone who wants to know that the podcast is almost over. So how do you tell your church members that this is what happened with your money this week? Mm. It was really impactful for all these people. We were so happy that this worked out for us to do that. Like, is yeah. that is that the kind of thing that you do? Yeah, absolutely. on stage, okay. absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, share with the congregation because of your giving, we were able to do this. Okay, and this is the fruit of that. Okay. Oh, abs- absolutely, absolutely. Is that like a priority though? Like making sure that people know that. Yeah. That's, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, we have. There was this one year we the church sponsored like, I don't know, like 10 plus kids um, from a refugee area to, to go to a summer camp. Okay. Christian summer camp. And three of those 10 kids um, actually went through a gap year discipleship program mm-hmm. in that church years later. And, and now all three of them are college age walking with the Lord. And, it's it's just mind-boggling to me that that happened because the church invested in these young kids mm-hmm. from this area, you know, when they were just middle school or early high school age. And now you get to see the way they're still walking with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that was in, in, in a large part directly because of an investment that the church made into these kids' lives. And so that's something that we made sure that our church knew was happening, right? We made sure that our church knew this is what's going on. Because of your giving, this fruit has has come from it. And we remind the church, hey, 
seven years ago when you gave. Mm. This is these these are the kids. Mm-hmm. They're now leading things. <laughs> these are the kids. That's cool. Yeah. Any 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 uh any last things to save yourself from from all the persecution you're gonna get from this episode? I'm done for. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. I think the only thing I would say is, I know this is a touchy subject, and I know a lot of us have preconceived notions mm-hmm. about how the church has or should handle money, and and probably preconceived notions of what the Bible has to say mm-hmm. about finances and money as well. And so I would say. Take your time, look up scripture, if you and or find someone who can help you do that, and and see what the Bible has to say about finances and giving, and then find yourself in a local church that is transparent about the giving mm. that, and that you can look around and and see that the church is doing more for what's going on outside the church than within. In other words, that all the money is not just being sunk into a building. Okay. That the money is going to people. Probably that's a better way to phrase that. Okay. That the money is not just going to a building or to things, but the money is going to people who are in need. And so that 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 hopefully you can see that's a priority for the church. And so that's those would be my last comments. Okay. And yeah, let the persecution come, brother. Let it come. All right. Well, uh, I appreciate you attempting to save yourself there at the end. Yeah, I didn't, but it's okay. Okay. I mean, okay. <laughs> well, for everyone listening, Joseph's address will be in the description of the episode on social media, which we have running. Yeah. So you can go follow us on all of the things. <laughs> Uh, not all things. We're on Instagram and Facebook. That's it. That's what we're on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Twitter, like, no. Um, not, I mean, at least not yet, but probably never. But at least not yet. I don't want to be on Twitter. I don't think we need to be. Do we need to be on Twitter? We're supposed to reach as many people as possible. So maybe we got to get on Twitter. And Twitter's a bad space, bro. Twitter sucks. <laughs> You think I get persecution on Instagram <laughs> yeah, or Facebook? Right. <laughs> I'll get destroyed on uh, Twitter. I hate Twitter. Uh, it's terrible. Have you even gone on Twitter ever? Yes. Okay, good. All right. I mean, I can't follow Braves baseball anymore on Twitter because it, people are just insane. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Twitter sucks. <laughs> um. So, yeah, we have social media going, Instagram and Facebook. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, thank you, Joseph, for listening to me and uh, getting my notes again and not freaking out and wanting to quit. Well, I mean, the, the thoughts were there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, good. If they weren't, I wouldn't be doing my job. <laughs> okay. Um, That's fair. But yeah, so th- I personally, I wanted to know all this stuff. And so I appreciate that we get to do this. Absolutely. Even if nobody else cares. And I'm going to keep, I'm probably going to say that every episode because (laughs) I get something out of this every time. So, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Joseph and I will be here next week and, uh, we will see you guys then. Bye. Bye.